afternoon and welcome back to the Sunday School Podcast, the pod all about digging deeper into the Bible using social, historical, and scientific context. I'm Sean Parker, and today we're going to continue our discussion of the early church. As we discussed last week, the early church faced significant persecution. They boldly persevered against those outside pressures. But much like today's church, there were also internal struggles. Through the centuries, some internal struggles caused fractures in the church, causing many denominations to spring up. Today, we're going to look at some of the things the early church struggled with. One of the first major divisions that came up in the early church is found in Acts 15. Verses 1 through 5 say, Some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. After Paul and Barnabas had engaged them in serious argument and debate, Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go up to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem about this issue. When they had been sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and they brought great joy to all the brothers and sisters. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, the apostles, and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The church was arguing over who could become a member. We have similar arguments come up in today's church. There were some in the early church who wanted a more exclusive approach to membership. Uh, If people wanted to join the movement, they would have to check specific boxes and perform specific acts to be allowed in. Other members had seen the work God was doing among the Gentiles. They argued that it was God's plan for them to receive salvation as well. The church leaders formed a council at Jerusalem to discuss these matters. Peter spoke up for the Gentiles. James, the brother of Jesus, would also speak up for the Gentiles, quoting from the prophet Amos. In Acts 15, verses 16 through 18, After these things I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. I will rebuild its ruins and set it up again, so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, declares the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. So they go... So they go straight to the source, which is the Bible, to resolve this dispute, which I think is a good example for us today. They set a few rules for the Gentiles to follow, but wouldn't require them to follow all Jewish customs to become members of the church. I think a lot of times today we get wrapped up arguing about how each other worships in today's church. One church may use instrumental music while another prefers a cappella. Or this church sings specific songs that we don't feel are appropriate. I think it's easy to get lost in things that don't matter. Ultimately, does the church believe that Jesus is Lord and was raised from the dead? Are they teaching directly from the Word of God? Those are the types of things that matter. And when we do disagree, I think it's okay to agree to disagree and go our separate ways. 
We see Paul and Barnabas do this at the end of Acts 15, verses 36 through 40. After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John, who was called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. I want to pause here for a second and tell you about Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is a hosting service for podcasts. As a first-time podcaster, using Buzzsprout has made the process extremely simple. All you need is a quiet place and things you probably already have. If you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. You'll get a great-looking podcast website as well. Following the link in the episode description lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. We'll get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and help support our show. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, I highly recommend you give Buzzsprout a try. So the Jerusalem Council met and resolved the conflict between Jews and Gentiles in the church. But this wasn't the only struggle the early church faced. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17, that Paul's writing to the church at Corinth to help them unify and resolve differences. He says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, my members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. What I am saying is this, one of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in Paul's name? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. I did, in fact, baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't recall if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. The church at Corinth was putting too much stock in man. They were forming factions within the church based on who had baptized them. Paul corrected them, saying they should be unified and like-minded. They shouldn't put stock in the eloquence of the preacher, but rather in the power of the cross. Another church that faced divisions in the infancy of Christianity was the church at Ephesus. Paul was instrumental in helping to unify their congregation through his letter to them in Ephesians. He reminds them in Ephesians 2 that they are one in Christ. But first I want to give you some brief background to the cultural pressures the Ephesian church faced. The city of Ephesus was home to the Temple of Artemis, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was one of the main drivers of their economy. You had silversmiths that made fortunes crafting figurines to be placed in the temple, and they actually rioted uh, back in the book of Acts over Christianity coming in. It was kind of hurting 
what they were doing. It was hurting their business because people were no longer purchasing these figurines. But you've also got travelers coming to see the temple and bringing commerce. And as I said, the people of Ephesus converting to Christianity would put a great strain on this. So the church was receiving intense opposition from non-believers. And that's one of the reasons I think it was so vital that they remain unified from within. Now, Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verses 13 through 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building, being put together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. Now Paul can be pretty wordy and poetic in his writings. Uh, Peter even said in 2 Peter 3, verses 15 and 16, Also, regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. He speaks about these things in all his letters. There are some things that are hard to understand in them. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction, as they also do with the rest of the scriptures. So even one of the apostles knew he can sometimes be hard to follow. But Paul's basically writing to the Ephesians, telling them, that they were once very different, but they are now all unified in Christ. That's the gist of it. Uh, He was urging them to focus on the things that they had in common, rather than their differences. The Gentiles came from a different culture and background than the Jews, but they were no longer just Jews and Gentiles. They were now Christians. Now, we've seen in these examples that culture tends to make its way into the church. Our current culture is almost diametrically opposed to the church, so we have to be on guard that we don't let worldly influence start affecting our values. This reminds me of some of the megachurches of today, and don't get me wrong, I'm glad that so many people are a part of those churches hearing the Word of God, but I think we sometimes get wrapped up in the celebrity of the various preachers, and our focus should be on God and God alone. And there are so many pastors that have seemingly thrown out the Bible because it's offensive to some people. And I know you can't see my air quotes, but they're there. Uh, So we have to be mindful to always focus on Jesus and God's word. Nothing else matters. No theology invented by man, no social pressure should push us to divert our focus from those things. When we face divisions in our church today, it's best that we remember the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It says, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life, and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. 
Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him, and He will make your path straight. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to leave a review in whatever player you use to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes are released every other Sunday. God bless.